Today on the Rita Mimi Do It Show. I wish that I was starting this episode off in any other way. I mean, in any other way than having to say and talk about the things that I'm going to have to say and talk about today. Because we are absolutely 100% living in uncertain and unfamiliar times. And if I just went on with my podcast as if nothing else is going on in the world, I would be doing a disservice to everyone, to my community, to you as the listener, to my clients, to me. We are absolutely living in a new time. Now, COVID-19, if you don't know what that is, it is a virus that has spread across the world, and it's nearly hit its climax here in the United States. And all across the globe, countries are doing whatever they can to try to stop the spread of the virus. And this has included things that have caused a complete shift in how we operate in the world as people. So orders to close restaurants and entertainment venues have been issued pretty much to close down any non-essential business. Companies have transitioned to full telework, but they were in no way prepared to do that. It happened overnight, and companies are trying to navigate how they're going to function with their teams now displaced and self-quarantined. Schools did the same thing. Schools have shut down. They weren't prepared, and they had no guidance to give parents, uh, to tell parents what they're supposed to do or how to do it to keep educating their children until schools reopen. And there's even a lot of uncertainty around when schools are going to be open. Sheltering in place orders have come down recently in many cities and states. Grocery stores are cleaned out because people are panic buying. The healthcare industry is just absolutely taxed beyond belief. And everyone is feeling a mix of emotions. And I mean, these emotions, I don't know about for you, but I can tell you that for me, they run the gambit from grateful to anxious to abundant to fearful to scarce to happy to optimistic in just a matter of hours. And I think that nowhere is this more true than for a business owner. So for the past week, really, like I said, coronavirus has not, as you all know, not been around. But it's really just been in about the past, what, seven days that we really felt how serious this is through the measures that are being taken to flatten the curve to stop the spread of this virus. And I've been flooded with messages from so many of you, business owners, members of the All in Entrepreneur, my clients, and they express many of the same concerns. Concerns about the financial stability of your business, around marketing your business right now, a lot of guilt around charging or being profitable during a time where it feels like so many other people are struggling, releasing new offerings or products. Is that something that you're supposed to do? Navigating in-person events that were supposed to happen, uh, operating around new situations and stressors because, again, schools are closed. Those spouses that used to work outside the house are now working inside the house. Routines are completely upended, and there's just a ton of mental stress. Our health routines are also out of whack. Our sleeping, everything is just completely different than it was, what, 10 days ago. I'm getting questions around how people can support their team through this time. I'm getting questions around serving clients well when the modes that you've been serving them with just don't work anymore or they're not available. And they're just, uh, trust me, my inbox is full with so many worries and I completely understand it. And 
I've been thinking through many of these same things with my own business. And I don't have the answers. I just have my answers. And I 100% believe these conversations, they need to be had. And the answers to many of these questions, I know for me, it has involved hard decisions. And for you, it's absolutely going to involve hard decisions. And it's also really important to be realistic and to be prepared, especially when it comes to making decisions and running your business. But I also believe that you should not, and I'm going to say it again because I fully believe this, you should not automatically assume that your business is going to be impacted in a negative way just because there are changes. Just because changes are happening in your life and your business does not automatically conclude that your business is going to be impacted in a negative way. Because yes, crisis brings disruption, but crisis also brings opportunities. And ultimately, the success of a business is determined on how it pivots in all of these uncertain times. And there is no denying that business as a whole, not just entrepreneurship, not just solopreneurship, right? Business as a whole is changing permanently. And your business needs to identify how it can pivot and adapt to fit in with the new society, with the new economy, with the new dynamics. And I don't know for sure what's coming. I mean, if I did, right, (laughs) I would be the richest person in the world and everybody would just know exactly what to do. I don't know for sure what's coming. But in today's episode, I am going to take a stab at telling you my predictions of the future of business and entrepreneurship. And I'm going to identify the most important things for you to focus your time, your attention, and your finances towards. So, that your business can adapt, can pivot, insert all the buzzwords here, but at the end of the day, you just want it to succeed. You want it to navigate this time. You want it to be sustainable. And that's what I'm going to try to share with you as much as I can. And I'm also going to share with you how I am personally navigating all of these same decisions and all of these same situations in my own business and some of the answers that I am giving to my private clients and to members of the Six Figure CEO Mastermind. And that is what we are going to talk about on today's episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because, of, Rita, because of Rita, I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show, where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. So would it be too much to say, or I guess, is it too early? And I don't mean too early in the day because it's not, um, but I mean like too early with all that's going on. Is it just too much to say that I am pairing this particular episode? If you're a new listener, I pair every episode with a beverage. But is it too early to say that I am pairing this episode with a Corona? 
if you don't know, it's a beer. And I say that because I really am. I mean, as I record this episode, it is a beautiful 80 degrees outside. Spring is absolutely in full bloom. I see cherry blossoms for days outside my windows, which are open, and all of the fresh air is just blowing through, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's just glorious outside. It is Corona Light beer with a lime weather, absolutely, but... You know, thanks to the different type of corona, and of course I'm talking about the coronavirus COVID-19, we are not able to be out enjoying all of this as we should. And instead, we're self-quarantining in our homes. We're trying to make sense of a new normal, but I don't believe we actually know what normal is going to be yet. So our current normal, we're trying to create a normal, right, in our schedules and in our business and in our relationships. Now, we have had large-scale disruptions before. Um, The recession of 2008 is the one that's being talked about the most, the most recent that really compares to kind of what's going on here. But truly, even that doesn't come close to the magnitude of the change and how quickly things changed. And in all of the areas that the changes have happened in our global structure that we are experiencing right now, and in what seems like a blink of an eye, really, so much social dynamics, uh, health, just so much has changed. And that leaves people navigating uncharted territory. And I mean uncharted territory in marriages, in parenting, in employment, in health, in business, and the questions of what should I do? (laughs) I don't know what to do, right? How is this going to impact my business? Should I still be selling? Is this the right time to sell? Is anybody going to buy? Do Do I discount my prices? Will that make it more likely that I bring in money right now? What about events? I was going to have events and I have all of these contracts and how do I navigate that? Or I need to break my contracts or people are breaking their contracts or do I just say, okay, I don't understand the best decisions to be navigating in my business and and to be making right now? And should I keep planning? Like I have some events that are in the fall. Do I keep planning those? What do I do? How do I best serve my clients, especially when they're experiencing all of the same things? These are the questions that just keep swirling around. And I know that there's so many more, and I know that you want to have answers to them all right now. And, And I wish I had them. But What I do have and what I'm bringing to you today is experience in navigating a business successfully through an economic crash because that last uh, recession of 2008, yeah. I was running my own law firm at the time. I was a solo attorney. Uh, I had to navigate that. I'm an expert in pivoting your business model. When I started my date coaching practice, the way that I ran my business was 100% offline. We're talking in-person networking, in-person speaking, you know, the shaking hands, the kissing babies, the whole thing, all of the traditional marketing methods. That was how I was running my business. I pivoted my business not only from date coaching to business consulting, business strategy, and business coaching. But when I did that, I made a very purposeful decision to transition to an online business model. And then what I did is I kind of took the best of both worlds of the offline business building model and the online business model, and I mixed them all together, and I created the Rita model. But I am an expert at what it takes to go through that transition and to be able to prepare 
both models and how to work them in efficient ways so that you can truly navigate any disruption that may happen. Because this could have easily happened in a completely different way. If technology had gone down, if everything that online business owners and that people who use the internet and online to run their business, if that all went away, they would be feeling the same unfamiliarness that comes with having to transition to building business in an offline way. And that's how people who are in in the offline space are feeling right now. Like, okay, I know the internet, but I haven't really paid attention to it much. And I still have a business to run and now I don't know what to do, right? I also know how to analyze data and trends and then use that information to make very calculated decisions for business. That's what I had to do as a real estate and business attorney for a very long time. It's what I had to do running my own law firm. It's what I had to do running my own day coaching practice. It's what I do right now running my own business. This is part of what it means to be a CEO. But the expertise that I have is not only how to do it, but what you should be doing, what information should you be analyzing, what data should you be collecting, what trends are you watching, and how do you analyze them and use that information in a way to make decisions for your business. And I understand clearly the difference between being a CEO and a service provider, and how not to only marry the two roles when you're working as a solo, right, a solo Preneur, but also how to separate those two when you're working as a solopreneur and what all of this means for things that you need to do today to prepare your business to weather this storm and any storm, because this isn't the only one. This isn't the only disruption. You have to be prepared for changes that happen on a micro level and a macro level. And I'm hoping that today the information will help you think about your business differently, will help you plan differently, and will help you navigate some of these decisions that you're needing to make. So at the beginning, I mean, the title of this episode is that business is going to change permanently. So I want to start there. I want to start with my predictions about business changing and how I believe it's going to change permanently because these predictions then come into play for what you should be doing in your business now to adapt and to be ready for it. The first thing I want to talk about is community. Community is going to be an absolute necessity in the sustainability of a business. And I mean community in a few ways. So First, you need to have a community built around your business. The business owners that I'm talking to who are struggling the most are those who have not, they haven't done this in their business. They've relied on networking and referrals, like in-person traditional networking. So they attend in-person networking events. They meet for one-to-ones at coffee shops. And the way that they're nurturing the relationships are simply by repeatedly seeing these people out in person. So whether it's at the same networking events or multiple networking events within a community and then getting together between these networking events or even different social events in their communities, more in-person person meetings, whether those are professional or social, but they're all in person. And from these relationships, they derive two things. They do get clients or they get referrals from the relationships that they're creating. And this is a really good method. In fact, I think it's one that every business needs to take into their business strategy plans, including traditionally online businesses. But it can't be the only method And it also doesn't constitute a community, and that's what we're talking about. As we see in the wake of COVID-19, when in-person modes of connection are gone, 
when that's the only thing that you're relying on, your lead generation system really takes a hit. You find yourself disorganized in how to even reach out to the people that you're meeting, and you're definitely at a loss as to how to meet new people. So you're what you're really doing is you're being inefficient in nurturing relationships because of the lack of a comprehensive strategy that traces touch points. So you're just kind of like winging it. That's basically what I'm hearing from business owners, like just winging it. Just I'm not seeing these people. So I'm trying to connect with them, you know, through the phone and through email and I don't really have a strategy around it. So that's the first thing that takes a hit. But this community piece that I'm talking about, you really must build a community that you lead a community that's easy for you to connect with. You control it. You can connect with this community. And as you'll find out why, it makes it easy for them to also reach out to each other. So when you're creating a community, you want to think, how can I lead this group of people, but also how can they connect and be in touch with one another? So the first thought that comes up for business owners when I say, hey, how are you creating a community around your business is email collection. Oh, I'm, I'm, sending newsletters. I'm collecting emails and I'm sending newsletters. Or, oh, I have an Instagram account or I have a Facebook business page or a LinkedIn page. Now, those are important and absolutely better than just relying on seeing people out in the world offline. But I want to point out having an email list or having followers on a social media account that it's important. You need this. It's an audience, but it's still not a community. And that's where the members being able to talk to each other comes in because that's really what a community is. So think of an audience like a two-way conversation. That's um, a Facebook business page, for example, or a theater show where I'm up on stage. (laughs) I am talking down to you, not down to you. That's terrible. (laughs) I am talking to you. I'm thinking of me up on a stage because that's one of my favorite things to think about. Um, I am talking to you and then you are kind of listening to me and maybe you're clapping or you're liking or you're nodding your head or, you know, kind of saying, yay, back, right? But you're not in the audience talking to each other. So if you were, right, if all of a sudden I started pulling you all up on stage with me and everybody could talk and everybody had their time in the spotlight, that's more like a community. So you absolutely need an audience and having a platform to communicate with that audience makes transitioning through disruption smooth. But why it's important that your audience members connect with each other is because when you've created a true community, members of that community are 19% more likely to buy your products and services. They are more loyal to your business and they become your advocates. They really help with marketing. This is a whole talk that I could talk about the difference between community and audience and all of the pieces. This is a very, very high level general statement about it all. And maybe I'll do a future episode on that if that is of interest. But I say this because people are going to be itching for community after COVID-19. In fact, they're itching for it right now. Business owners who are navigating this time well are those who have already established a community around their business. Their community already knows, likes, and trusts these business owners. They're already loyal to them. They're already more likely to purchase from them. They're seeing them in the world as leaders already. And what that means is that the community members show up for these leaders. They show up through all the pivots, through all the changes and the adaptations that these community leaders may need to make. So the community leader is able to communicate with them efficiently 
efficiently and the community leader being the business owner, right? Able to communicate with them efficiently, able to just kind of like take them along for the ride and the journey wherever it goes with minimal disruption because these people are already invested. They're already in. They're part of something bigger than themselves. And so it's a very important business for a strategy to have. Now, the second way that I mean about community is community must be a part of your marketing and sales strategy going forward if it hasn't been. Digital communities right now and to continue well into the future, but you know, also in-person communities, right? But communities in general, once in-person touch points have been reestablished, those in-person communities are also going to be important. But the digital community is now not going away. But the big reason, right, is being deprived of traditional in-person touch points like networking, social events, meetings, conferences, trade shows, and more – People are going to be seeking those out the minute that they're able to on a larger scale than they were before. Not only are we now hyper aware of the ripple effect of a small action we take. I mean, I don't just mean like I touch a pen and now I shake your hand and and the, the you know, spreading of the virus. I mean that the fact that I buy a sandwich from like a local restaurant has this huge ripple effect all the way down to, you know, maybe a local supermarket, right, or a local farm or something like that. We are now very hyper aware of the ripple effect of our actions. But being self-quarantined in our homes and unable to make in-person connections, you know, with family members who don't live with us, with friends, and with all of our sub-communities and our business world or our social world, it's just highlighted how social we really are, even the most introverted of us. And while there will be fundamental shifts in the corporate space, to embrace remote work and to run with that, there's going to be an influx of desire to connect with people in person once this virus or you know the restrictions around it has lifted. But this desire isn't going to be just a one-time surge. I mean, let's be honest, it's not going to last with the same like oomph behind it uh, after our ability to connect is kind of back to some kind of normal. But the time that we were not able to connect in person just isn't going to be forgotten. So in your planning, I want you to think how you can strategically create connection for the members of your community, both right now in the current environment, but also once this is passed through digital and in-person methods. So whether it's through your marketing, the way you're going to market your business going forward, or the actual things you offer in your business, both your marketing message, your offers, they need to contemplate community as a source, community as a hub, community as something that you are creating and offering in your business. I also believe that there's going to be a return to experts and leaders in a way that we haven't seen for a while. Technology has really made it easy to acquire information, which is a great thing. There, I mean, there isn't anything, right? There's nothing. I believe there's nothing. Tell me if this isn't true, that you can't learn from Google or YouTube. And because of this, there hasn't really been widespread loyalty to turning first to a true expert and a thought leader. I mean, yes, they're people that we love. They're thought leaders and they're experts that we love. But there hasn't really been a loyalty. It's more like, well, I can get it from this person and that person. I can just Google. I don't really need to trust what that person's saying. Or we trust too easily. It's kind of like, oh, okay, well, this says to do this. So I'm just going to do this because instant gratification. And I, again, there's a lot more to it. I could take each of these points and make them their own episode. Um, so if there is one you want to hear, let me know. But I mean, in certain circles, right, there has been a reliance on experts and thought leaders, but not with the seriousness that's starting to come back right now. Misinformation, 
biased information, the inconsistency of information regarding COVID-19 has people kind of abandoning the just Google it mindset and really paying attention to the people who are showing up as leaders and claiming their space as an expert or an authority in their industry. So whether that's in the healthcare space, in the business space, in the relationship space, it doesn't matter. The people who are really claiming that space as an expert or an authority and leading people, people are returning to that. They want to really trust in the people that they're listening to. They're wanting to trust in where they're getting their information from. They're not just going to take it on blind faith that if somebody is saying, hey, like I know something that they do. So this is a time for you as a business owner to take up space instead of shrink. I mean, you really need to take up space. You need to clearly communicate that you are an expert. And that means knowing what you want to be known as an expert on in a very clear and concise way that will permeate all of your messaging. So for example, it's a given, I hope, that I am an expert in business, in entrepreneurship, in business strategy. But that's not what I mean when I say I want to be known as an expert. You need to know what components of what you do. It's a given that you're an expert in your industry. What you need to show is, and this is what I'm an expert on. I am an expert in transitioning a business from offline to online. I am an expert in helping you incorporate online business tools and digital marketing tools to boost and grow and diversify your business. I am an expert in sales. I am an expert in visibility and marketing. I am an expert in productivity. There's certain things that I'm an expert on, right? You need to get very clear in knowing what you want to be known as an expert on so that you can communicate that in everything you do. But this also requires you to be extremely visible as the expert, not just visible, visible as the expert. If you've been hesitant to rise as a leader or claim your status as an expert, and again, right, I get it. And I'm not saying an expert on COVID-19 or an expert, but in what you do, the problems you solve. If you've been hesitant in claiming that space as an expert, um, it's the time. It's the time to get clear on what areas you really want to be known as an expert on, what it means for the content that you create, for the talks that you give, for the products and services that you offer, everything you're doing off and online, and where and how you get visible to communicate it to the right audience. So that needs to be part of your future planning. Now, I think it's a, <laughs> this prediction is, is, I think, pretty well known, but there's going to be a huge growth in online services. Absolutely. Corporate is simply not going to return back to the way business was. They will because of this forced remote work. And I'm not saying every business is going to go ahead and just like embrace it and just say, great, now we're all teleworking once they're, they don't have to, right? But corporate's just, I used to be a real estate attorney, right? Business and real estate attorney. And I worked in-house for a Fortune 500 company. And one of our jobs was to evaluate the real estate portfolio and the efficiency of the real estate portfolio. And working uh, dynamics changed. People started going to open space or to hoteling and telework was becoming more and more. And as that happened, smart companies started decreasing their actual office physical space footprint, right? Now, corporate, however it plays out, they're not going to return to inefficient working models. And telework is absolutely going to be a part of their new normal in some way, meaning businesses that help companies navigate remote work are going to be experiencing a boom. But even more so, 
Whereas, you know, I said people, so people are going to be craving community more than ever. Like I said, being sequestered to their homes, you know, they're going to crave it. But here's the opposite or kind of like the inverse or I don't know, like a side effect. I don't know what you want to call it of that. People being sequestered to their homes has made them evaluate what they really have to do in person. Like, oh, this doesn't need to be done in person after all. Or I could just take care of this without having to go to that place. Meaning they're going to be more intentional with their choices on how they spend their time in person. They have experienced a great level of efficiencies that they haven't experienced before. Like I saw a post the other day saying, I finally did this uh, Instacart thing. I finally (laughs) ordered from Instacart. I've never done it before. And oh my goodness, why haven't I been ordering from Instacart before, right? And I don't think I'm ever going to go to the grocery store ever again. So people are going to be really intentional with how they spend their time out in the world in person. They're seeing now the ease with which things can happen without having to do it in person. So people are going to be searching out businesses that provide online options for them to connect to meet, to work, to learn, to grow. This is a time to review your digital plan and see how well it's factoring all of that in, finding where the gaps are and seeing what needs to be done or created to meet this need and this demand that's gonna exist. I also believe that companies and individuals are going to be investing more money in the development of their soft skills. So remote work is booming. It's going to continue to boom. And while, yes, many things corporate's finding is business as normal, even with remote work, but the leaders within these companies, and also when I say leaders, I mean entrepreneurs who are out, you know, leading their audiences and leading their community, they're going to find that communication, management, productivity, That does not continue as normal. There are differences. There are fundamental differences. Let's focus on communication. Communicating in person is very different than communicating efficiently and effectively online, through video, um, in meetings, right? Whether it's on the phone, video, face-to-face, there are things that are just lost in communication or you have to communicate slightly differently. Now, again, that could be another whole podcast, right? But all of this stuff, so communication, management, productivity, these things aren't going to be just like they are in the offline space. So there are ways to navigate effectiveness through technology that are just going to need to be learned. And companies and individuals will invest in this. And with so many jobs lost, so many jobs lost, people are real or or the fear that they could have been somebody or that they will still be somebody who could lose their job because of the economic impact that this is having. People are realizing that they need to develop those soft skills more than their hard skills. So hard skills are things that really serve their employer. So certain certifications or certain things that are very employer specific or industry specific that are very hard to kind of transfer between industries or between positions, right? But soft skills are those that are really transferable to any job. So your ability to pivot well as a business owner relies on your soft skills more than your hard skills. So if your hard skill is not able to be performed suddenly, right, whatever your hard skill is, as some have found happening, 
right now in the wake of COVID-19, your soft skills are what's going to allow you to navigate that disruption, adapt, and pivot. So not only are consumers going to be seeking out your services and your products that are going to help them develop soft skills, and if you offer these things, you really need to sit down. Okay, so this is like a side note. If you offer services and products that do help people navigate their soft skills, they need to hear that. They need to hear that more than ever before. However, you need to really sit down right now and look at your messaging and make sure your messaging is meeting them with where they're at because of the why. Why these people want to develop their soft skills right now is different than it was pre-COVID-19. And it might be slightly different after we're back to some kind of normal, right? So the why, why they're seeking these are slightly different and your messaging needs to factor that in. But you absolutely need to factor into your business like training or you need to like factor into your planning. So I mean like either when you're looking to grow your business, like how am I gonna grow my business? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna offer? Or you're planning for your business, you need to invest in you for the same things. Like you need to grow your soft skills, your mindset, your patience, your productivity, boundary setting, communication, sales, innovation, creativity, and more. Because these are the things that make or break a business in terms of being able to innovate, adapt, pivot, and all the words, right? And survive uncertain times. So in your planning, you you need to factor in a budget and time and investments to put into all of those areas. But also, you need to know if you offer things that help people, they are going to be seeking them out. And you need to adjust your messaging to meet them where they're at right now. One of the things I'm most excited about is that I really believe there's going to be a focus on collaboration within industries. So we've seen a lot of collaboration within, like with professions that serve the same market. But what we haven't seen on the scale that we're seeing now, and I believe we're going to continue to see, is collaboration within the same industry. There has been this traditional competition mindset when it comes to others who do what you do. Although I know we hear the phrase all the time, hashtag community over competition, lift other people, or like, you know, women supporting women, right? That hasn't really been implemented in a real authentic way. I don't mean by everybody, but I mean across the board, right? Like in a general way, that's been a phrase and a message that's been said and not really practiced, I believe. But as industries are finding themselves navigating huge challenges right now, they are coming together. They're coming together to brainstorm, to share ideas, to collaborate, to lift one another up. Restaurant industry owners are doing it. Photographers are doing it. Business coaches are doing it. Industry leaders, business owners, they're coming together more than ever before in their own industries to help each other. Um, I heard a story about, um, I'm going to get this wrong because I didn't save the story, but about a restaurant in Occoquan, Virginia, and someone came in and they were just picking up something curbside, but not like a meal. I forget what it was, but I guess the restaurant was like, oh, I, I don't know. The restaurant said something and the people were like, oh, man, but we're ordering we're ordering dinner. We actually ordered dinner from this other restaurant down the street and we're going to pick it up. And like that restaurant owner was like, no, you need to do that. You need to go there. You need to buy their food. Right. Like and I know that the restaurant owners in Occoquan, for example, are coming together and really like how can we send business to each other and what can we do to help each other? 
Now, this is going to continue to happen. I think that finding ways to work together and to brainstorm together in your own industry with other people who do what you do and learning how you can send business to one another and what you can do to truly lift each other up is going to be a crucial part of your ability to be a sustainable business going forward. I think that solidarity, really solidarity is something that is going to result from this time that we're going through, and it's only going to strengthen, or at least the businesses that will survive and will sustain and will keep surviving and keep sustaining, they're going to be the businesses that incorporate this. So when you look at your business plan, look at opportunities for collaboration within your industry. And yes, those who serve your same market. But make that a part of your business growth plan. Get rid or let go of scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset views other people as competitors, right? Oh, she does what I do. And so I can't sit and work with her. I can't sit and talk to her. We can't share what we're doing within our business because she's a competitor, right? And she can take business away from me. And that, you know, there's plenty of business for everyone, right? So really embracing an abundance mindset is what's going to allow you to enter into this new way of viewing collaboration with other people and making business decisions based on what's in the best interest of your business, what's going to drive your business forward. Whereas in the competitive mindset, you're making business decisions based on what others in your industry are doing. And I think that way of making decisions is really going to be exiting for businesses that succeed. Now, businesses are going to be redefined. People, like in general, right? I mean, think about corporate. People are working at home right now. They're realizing a lot of different things. They're realizing that they really enjoy working at home, that they really enjoy telework. Some are really realizing they don't like their job that much. They don't really, like I saw somebody the other day going, this has shown me how much I really don't like my coworkers. Like I was always, I was always just kind of tolerating them. But now I see I can't. I can't go back. I cannot go back to that environment. I mean, I remember that from corporate America. But I mean, they're having these revelations, right, that they either enjoy telework or they don't enjoy telework. Many don't want to go back to their job, even if it's like, I want to be in an office. I just don't want to be in the office that I have been working at. They're looking to transition careers, right? Those in corporate, those who are entrepreneurs who have paused, right, for whatever reason, by forced you know, circumstances, they're finding right now that they're focusing more on their life, they're focusing more on their their internal personal satisfaction, they're focusing on their families in greater ways than they have before because they have to. I mean, they have to factor in their spouses and their kids and, you know, now that exercise isn't as easy to go, they're, they're really being more intentional, again, more intentional about how they're getting their fitness in, about the time that they're spending with their family and their children and how they're building their work around that and building their work around just everything. It's just the way that people are focused right now. They're also focused more on community and service like I talked about. So all of this combines right in a pot that business owners are really going to be redefining business as something that cultivates their life instead of consuming it. Not just business owners, people, employees, right? everyone. It's like, does this cultivate my life? That's going to be the first place that they're going to start. And, you know, does it cultivate instead of consume it? And what this means is that knowing who you are, knowing what your ideal life really looks like, knowing your core values, that phrase you hear, knowing what values you have in place, and knowing that your business plan supports those, right? So you have to plan from that place first. 
Who am I? What are my values? What does my ideal life look like? And now, how do I plan my business to really support that? That's going to be the number one thing that's going to allow you to continue, right? To allow you to continue your business and get through the hard times when you prioritize those things first. So as you examine how you're going to adapt your business, and as you examine how you're going to pivot, what your offers are going to be, how you're going to change, you're going to be very reactive. And you may not be thinking, hey, is this in alignment with my ideal life? Is this in alignment with my values? Is it you, you need to take a breath <laughs> and you need to let your decisions be guided by those things first. So when you exemplify this, like the bonus effect of this is when you exemplify this, those who want to do business that way are also going to be attracted to you. Now, I could go on truly for the rest of this entire episode and keep making predictions. Like, I believe that business is going to be like this. I believe this is going to be the focus. I believe that this is what's going to happen. But I think that the ones that I've talked about are the ones that are going to serve you from the point of view of sitting down and looking at your plan, looking at your business plan, your CEO planning, right, for your business that's going to create the ability to, to not just navigate this time, but navigate uncertainty going forward. However that looks, because the one thing that is certain is that there will always be disruptions. <laughs> there will always be uncertainty. That is the one certain thing. And so you have to make sure now that your business planning is factoring in a model and foundations and ways and methods and tools and touch points that are going to allow you to navigate any type of disruption or uncertainty that comes up. Now, does that mean that it's always going to be easy to navigate? No, like this is, like I said, an unprecedented time. Is it able to be navigated? Yes. Are hard decisions going to be made to allow you to do that? Absolutely, right? But if you have the right structure and the right plan in place, you are going to find that your business is going to be more resilient, right? That's the word we're hearing a lot, more resilient. So, you need to be doing this now in your long-term planning. And I think that the points, the predictions that I've shared are the most important to sit down and really consider in this long-term plan. But now let's shift over, right? What about the short-term planning? What about those questions that I led with at the beginning of this episode about how much you charge or should you be selling or how should you be doing business right now? Or what if the modes and the methods by which you do business are gone? So the first thing that I did was sit down and ask myself, how is what's happening impacting me as an individual? And I got very clear and detailed. I mean, pen to paper, right? Very detailed. Then how is what's happening impacting my clients? And then I asked, how is what's happening impacting my community? And I meant my online business community and also just the community around me, the geographical area around me. When you ask yourself those questions and really get detailed in your answers, the answers will highlight the innovations and the adaptations that have to be made in your business so that you're working with instead of fighting against the changes, the changing environments that you're facing. And that's what you really need to be focused on right now, which is how can I make my business, my skills, my strengths, my messaging, how can I make all of this work for me? work for my clients, and work for my community. Instead of just trying to go around it, instead of trying to fight it, or instead of just saying, oh my gosh, like this is something that in no way, right, is good for me or my business or my community, you have to open your mind to say, how can I make all of this work for all of us, 
right now. And I'll say that from a logistical standpoint, my business right now is operating, quote unquote, as usual. And that's really true for many of my clients because many of my clients came to me for the purpose of creating a business that is really, the foundation of it is really using online tools, or they came to me with an offline business that wanted to pivot right, to online, or they came to me with an offline business that was ready to diversify and really incorporate more online tools and planning so they had more flexibility in their business. Now, I straddle both worlds. I build my business both on and offline, but I was intentional in building my business around an online business model for many reasons. One being it operates with minimal disruption under almost any condition. And I'm talking with my clients, right, about the changes to their days right now. And I'm really helping them select the tools and the methods that are best going to serve them. As I said earlier, if you've built the foundation of your business around an offline in-person model, now is absolutely the time to diversify how you do business. And this means you have to implement new modes of serving your clients, new ways of making sales, new ways of building relationships, and new ways of doing almost everything in your business. Don't wait for business to get back to normal. I think you've already heard me say, I don't think it's going back to normal, not the way that it was, especially with all of the ways that business as a whole is going to be permanently changing. Now, traditional modes will return, but use this time to get the support you need to diversify how you do business because this is how you position your business for long-term stability. And what I'm specifically referencing is to avoid a paint yourself into a corner strategy, meaning don't have one way of anything. Now, I know that people are like, Marita, you're the all-in girl, right? You're like, go all-in on one way to build awareness in you and your business and go all-in on one way to nurture relationships. But let's say that your all-in way of building awareness in your business is networking. You need to diversify how you're networking. You can network online and you also can network offline. You need to know how to do both and how to do both effectively. If you're all in way of building awareness in your business, it's through speaking. You need to know how to speak in the traditional methods of in-person meetings and events, but you also need to know how to be speaking in the online world. And how do you do that? And how do you get speaking engagements virtually? And, and what does this all look like, right? So there are, yes, you need to focus on, I'm still not changing that. There needs to be a lot of one-way methods, but the way you do your one-way <laughs> needs to be diverse, right? I think what we've seen with COVID-19 is that it has disrupted supply chains because so many businesses relied on China for supplies. And so when this is lifted, what businesses are not going to do, I believe, is just put everything back into China. Now, they're not going to actually just pivot over to another country to be their supply chain either. The businesses that will succeed are going to diversify their supply chain. And so as you plan, I need you to think the same way. How can you diversify? How can you diversify your sources of income for now, but at the same time, under your same roof, right? I don't mean like have 18 different businesses. I mean, with what you do, how can you be diversifying your income in the short term? And what does that look like in the long term? How can you diversify how potential clients become aware of you, even if you're going all in on the one way that they become aware of you? How can you nurture relationships with them 
in diverse ways. How you market needs to be diverse. How you sell, the actual way you sell, I don't just mean like what you say, but like the way you sell needs to be online and offline. And just you really need to diversify the tools you use and the way that you're coming at. So you have to diversify how you do business because that is resilience. And we know that resilience is what is required at the end of the day for being able to navigate uncertainty. Now let's talk about selling and selling your products, selling your services, especially right now. I believe, I truly do believe that I have an obligation more than ever to keep the economy running as both a provider in the economy and a consumer in the economy. And I think that we have the obligation to do all we can to keep business healthy. We are the business community. We have an obligation to keep business healthy, and that includes our own business. We must keep our business healthy. That is how we contribute to the overall stability of the economy, is by keeping our business healthy and by keeping all of the other businesses healthy as we can. The way that I'm making decisions about marketing and sales in my business are based on the same points that I'm guiding my clients through in this time, which is there is a difference between being of service and being opportunistic. Now, being opportunistic means taking advantage of a situation without morals. And for me, this includes leveraging fear and leveraging urgency in an already uncertain time for the purpose of driving your sales. Being of service means showing up with the primary goal of helping people. I mean, let's just be honest, right? People are right now navigating through situations they've never had to navigate before, and they're only going to be more that are going to be thrown into their face that they're going to have to navigate. So, for example, um, as you heard in the last podcast episode, and if you haven't listened to the last podcast episode, episode 29 with Esther Boykin, I highly suggest it. Um, she really gives some good information around navigating relationships and family dynamics and all in, in the wake of our new kind of normal. But I was talking with her about the fact that many families are going to be experiencing dynamics that are going to stress their situation beyond what they've ever imagined. And as a family therapist who offers teletherapy, Esther is really in a unique position to help them with what's going to be a very difficult time. So that is not being opportunistic. That is really solving a problem that people are going to be facing. Your market has and is going to experience challenges for which they really want a solution. And if you have the solution, You need to share this with them. By not sharing that a solution exists, you are doing nothing but leaving people feeling stuck and defeated like there isn't even a solution. You may feel internally like it's selfish to sell right now, but I want you to see that it's really the opposite when you have a solution to a real and urgent problem that someone is facing. When you don't sell the solution to that problem, it is not being of service. You are actually being selfish. You are making it about you. You not wanting to have to sit in the discomfort to do things you need to do to let people know that a solution exists. So to be of service, you have to sell your solution to the problem for your potential clients, but also, like I said, for the health of your business and for the health of other businesses. So also of interest to note, the same people who are saying, hey, I don't feel good selling right now. This is what I've noticed. So people are like, I don't know. I don't feel right right now. I feel like I need to just give stuff away for free. And I feel like I need to, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But 
These same people who are saying, I don't feel right about selling right now are the ones who are advocating for other businesses to be patronized. They're the same people that are saying, hey, my friend's business and like buy her stuff and she really needs this right now and you really need this and like, hey, there's a solution here and patronize this business over here. And they're, or they're, like, they're telling other business owners in these groups I'm in, step up and sell. You deserve, you deserve your money. You deserve, you know, like you have something that's so important. You should tell the world. So they're saying that for other businesses, but not themselves. And you know me and you know my focus on mindset. So if this sounds like you, I would really spend some time asking why you feel that other businesses have the right to sell and succeed right now, but you do not. Because that's a really big block that you need to work through. And it's a block that's going to permeate well beyond this immediate situation. Now, the reason that many people aren't feeling good about selling, it's not really related to the fact that they're selling. It's kind of tied to what they're selling or really how they're selling it. Because it's not solving an immediate and urgent problem that their potential clients and consumers are facing. So here's what I mean. You and I are not experts on COVID-19. I mean, you might be an expert on COVID-19. I don't know. I could have experts on COVID-19 listening to my podcast. But on the whole, you and I are not experts on COVID-19. And the services and products that we offer are not directly related to it. So don't use that in your messaging because really what that does is just leverage fear and uncertainty. Now, I'm no, I don't mean don't reference it, right? I'm referencing it in this podcast episode. But I think that when I've I've seen people be the most uncomfortable, they're feeling like they are they're using COVID-19 in a way that is driving that fear and urgency, even if they don't mean to. So like because of COVID-19, your business is at more risk than ever before. And you need to, right? It's like, or because of COVID-19, like everything could fall apart. Or because of COVID-19, right? Like your relationship may end. It's like, well, wait a minute, right? It's like, because of COVID-19, my marriage is going to end. My marriage is not going to end. But, you know, pretend it was. I don't I don't know, maybe I just jinxed everything. Um, But it's not going to be because of COVID-19. It's going to be because we didn't have good communication skills while we're like navigating a 24-7 world together. Do you see what I mean? So don't use COVID-19 in your messaging. Really talk to the problem that is happening. And yes, the problem may be related. Like because of COVID-19, you are now going to have to use online business tools. But the problem isn't going to be COVID-19 that hurts the sustainability of your business. It is your inability to want to or to do the work or to even attempt to embrace digital marketing or digital tools for your business because you're uncomfortable, you're unfamiliar. That's what I need to be marketing to, right? And I can say, well, it's because of COVID-19, you have to even think about this, but it's not like because of COVID-19, you need me. Does that make sense? Um, What you and I are experts on are the problems that our communities are going to face in the next few weeks and months. And so you really need to pivot your messaging or make sure your messaging is like that. So here's what it, so first of all, when people have a solution to problems that people are facing right now, if they're using the COVID-19 kind of without realizing it, I don't even think they're doing it. Some people are doing it intentionally, but most people aren't doing it intentionally, right? That's where it's not feeling good. The other is you're marketing something that isn't actually solving the immediate urgent problem for people. And you're going to need to pivot your marketing message around that. So I gave an example in my community, and I want to share it here, around a company called Modsi. Now, Modsi is a company that has interior decorators that decorate your spaces virtually, 
okay? Now, whether you like mods or not is irrelevant. (laughs) Please don't email me telling me that you are an interior designer that hates Modsy. Um, Because that's not my point. What I am talking about is their marketing. So I'm on their list and I see their emails. And they've been emailing like every other business out there. But one caught my eye. um, And it caught my eye enough that I'm asking if I can get somebody to be on the podcast from the Modsy marketing team. But their marketing message is usually more along the line of kind of like discretionary spending, right? Like, oh, have the office space you love, you deserve it, or have that really nice and elegant nursery, or just have the space that you can relax and unwind in, or whatever it is, right? They have good messaging, but it's different. What I noticed was they sent an email that said, okay, the way that you're living has changed, and so the way we're doing business is changing to meet you, right, with where you are. Right now, your dining room table – I don't think they said these exact words, but your dining room table is now where you eat. It's also your classroom for, like, two, and it's your office, and it's also your spouse's office. Or the, with the idea being your space, your home living space, it's not being used to live anymore. It's not the place it's just supposed to be to come and unwind and disconnect from work and let everything go, right? Like your home space is being used in a way that it's never been used before. And so what we want to do here at Motsi is help you make the space that you have efficient for all of these uses that you have never had to contemplate. Your home was not designed for this. You didn't decorate your home for this. You don't even have a layout for this. Let us help you figure out how to make all of this as efficient as possible and what will help you see that through in implementation, right? That's a real urgent problem people are having. I know people are like, oh my gosh, that's a service that I need and want. If they had just kept marketing, yes, do people need nice home offices right now? Yes, do they need organization right now? Yes, do they need a place to relax and online? Yes, right? But that's not the immediate urgent problem in their life. Like uh, dating coaches and matchmakers, right? Do people still want to find love Yes. Do people still want to know how to get second dates? Yes. Like, do people still want to know this? Yes. But you can't have that marketing message right now because the immediate urgent problem is, do I go on a date? How do I date when you can't go out? How do you date when there's nowhere to go? How do you date when you can't get within six feet of somebody, right? Like, the marketing message needs to change to talk about the immediate urgent problem that are in the lives of your potential clients right now. It is your job to show your audience how what you do solves the problem they are experiencing today. So make sure you're meeting your potential clients where they're at. And I promise when you do, it will feel so good and so right to share that message. So how can you show up to your potential clients with the goal of helping them and being of service to them with where they are right now? And how can you do that without playing into scarcity or fear-based marketing tactics? That's what you really need to sit and spend some time on. Now, what about new offerings? What if you were to have a big launch right now? Or what if you had a big launch set up for right now? I'll tell you, I had plans to launch my group coaching program like today. (laughs) Well, tomorrow. (laughs) Um, I had plans to launch it. I have a group coaching program that I run called Take Bold Action, Get Big Results. And it's really just like a foundational course on everything related to building your business. And I'm still moving forward with launching this program. But I have pushed the launch date back by a couple of months because I want to revamp the program. I now know more than ever that the needs of my community, the needs of your business, and even the needs of your clients have changed. And like I said at the beginning, I believe they're permanent changes. And I need to make sure that this program addresses and provides you exactly what you need to fully support you, right? To fully support you during this time and in light of all of those changes. Now, 
by their nature, by their very nature, here's an example of what I mean. By their nature, most group programs aren't personalized. They're a lower price point. They are addressing kind of a wider audience with different problems and different industries and different, right? So they're a little more general. They're a little more generic. They're a little more, and they're not individualized to the people who are participating in them. But I do believe that right now with all of the changes I talked about and everything that's happening, entrepreneurs, business owners are going to need personalized support and they're going to be seeking out personalized support more than ever before because they need the specifics. They need someone to guide them through the new challenges in a very specific individual way for them and their business now more than ever, and they're going to be seeking it out. In fact, I know that that's true because I've had private clients sign up with me saying, hey, I was going to do your group program, but right now I'm really looking for individualized help with my business. So that made me take pause and take the space to give the program the energy and attention it deserves to ensure that it's going to solve real and immediate problems in an immediate way. Now, does that mean that the entire program is changing? No. Does that mean that some modules of the program may need to change? Yes. Or that I need to create some kind of personalization in some way through this program? Absolutely. Or that I need to cut out some things and add some things in. Yes, right? But in the meantime, I have added three additional private coaching spots. Um, I was fully booked, as you know, through the end of July. But I really, the reason I'm adding three is because I believe you should not have to sit in uncertainty and doubt when it comes to the decisions that need to be made in your business. And I really want to provide you with the support you're needing now. And I also have reopened my 90-minute private coaching intensives. I haven't had a 90-minute intensive for a really long time. And I've brought those back because, again, I really believe that that's going to meet the need of where my community's at. Now, that was not in my plan, right? So that's what I mean by when you're sitting down and you're looking at your offerings, right, then I really want you to say, is what I'm offering addressing the needs of my community right now? And, And around pricing, let's talk about pricing real quickly. I'm not slashing my prices. I see people saying, well, should I slash them right now? People don't have money right now. People are worried about money right now. Maybe I need to just like discount, cut my prices. You know, again, I believe that as business owners, our reactions and our decisions have a very, I mean, a great ripple effect for the future viability of our industries, especially in the online space. So I am evaluating resources that I have to be able to provide diverse offerings at various price points to help as many as I can, right? I did not slash the price of my private coaching. It's the exact same, right? But I did bring in a 90-minute intensive that by its nature is at a much lower price point. So I can serve those people. I'm also doing free trainings and I'm doing these podcasts and I'm pouring them with value as free information. What I've noticed is that there seems to be this thought of either or. I saw somebody say the other day in a Facebook group, well, I can't give away my services for free. I see everybody else saying, I'm giving this away for free. I'm giving away my class for free. I'm giving away my thing for free. I can't do that. That's how I make my money. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't think you need to do it. It's not either or. It's not give things for free or keep charging. It's both, right? It's how can you provide free? You should be doing this anyway as part of your marketing. So make sure if you're not, this is part of your marketing plan. How can you be giving free, valuable information, helpful, real information? How can you be of service at various price points, right, to move people through different phases of your kind of offerings and through different phases of your business. Um, If you aren't already doing this, this is something that you really need to pay attention to. Like, let's be honest, (laughs) no one's mad at Purell, 
I mean, maybe some people are mad at Purell, but no one really is mad at Purell for having a product that can solve a problem, hand sanitizers, right? Whether you agree with them or not, or you agree with their marketing or not, or the fact whether they can or can't fight germs, right? But I'm just saying, just assume, right? Hand sanitizer serves a purpose. It's been in existence. It's out there and people are looking for it now. Nobody's like, oh my gosh, Purell, how dare they charge money, right? (laughs) Like for selling their hand sanitizer right now. No one's mad at therapists for being able to help companies work through problems. You're not like, wow, those therapists should actually just do everything for free, right? Um, No one's upset at Disney for having a TV service for their kids right now. Or no one's mad that someone who knows how to homeschool children might offer a course on how to help you do this, right? The guilt around, quote unquote, people don't have money right now, right? That feeling of, man, people just don't have money right now or that thought. Your job is not to decide what other people will or will not buy, ever, now or at any point in the future. That is not your job as a business owner. Your job is not to make the decision for people like, oh, nobody's got money right now, so they're not going to buy what I do, right? You've just made the decision for many, many people about what they will or they won't do, right? When you decide for them, you're taking away people's power. Your job is to offer your skills and your services that are solving urgent problems that people are having. Your job is just to offer it. You have to let them decide if they want to purchase it or if it's the right way to spend their money. Trust your potential clients. Trust your potential customers. Trust them to know what they need. Trust them to know what they want to spend their money on. And also ask yourself kind of when you're finding yourself thinking, you know, well, people just don't have money right now. Where is the truth in that? Because it's not a universal truth, right, that no one has money. So if you say, well, where's the truth that absolutely no one has money? In the dating world, it was when people said, well, Rita, there are no good guys out there. (laughs) There are no good guys out there. And I'd be like, really? Like, where's the truth in that? We took every single good guy, every single good guy. (laughs) We took them and we just like put them in a safe and locked the safe and then threw the safe into the bottom of the river. (laughs) And now they're they're all, they're gone. Every single good guy. They're like, no, Rita, of course, there's some good guys, right? Like, there isn't a truth to no one has money right now. No one's spending money right now. I've signed clients. That's why I had to open up more spots, right? Uh, So I have room to help people. My clients are signing clients every day. Money is there. Money has shifted. Yes, there have been layoffs. Yes, some people will not have the resources for the things that they want. Yes, some people who may wanted want to hire you can't hire you right now. But many other people have actually not felt an effect in their income. I mean, we haven't here at my house. That, you know, thank goodness I'm grateful every single minute of every single day. And I'm also very aware that that could change, right? I, I don't believe it will. And I believe if it does, I can navigate it, right? But I mean, we're not the only ones. People are still getting paid. They're just doing work from home. People are still signing clients. People have money to invest. And like I said, people are, what it is, is there's a shift. There's more of a shift. Yes, like I said, there are people who have had direct impact, direct change. They're not going to be able to work with you. They are not the potential consumers right now. But there are still people who are shifting where they're spending their money. They're not going on trips right now. They're not going out to eat right now. 
They're not buying, you know, clothes right now. They're not buying copies right now. But they are taking that money and they are investing it in their business and they are investing it in themselves. Like I said, soft skills right now more than ever before or business skills, business strategy more than ever before or their career, right, uh, in career coaching and career counseling right now more than ever before in relationships and relationship dynamics and parenting, right, there are in health and wellness because they have to navigate new changes and these things are important to them. So they're taking money that they would have spent over here and they're spending it over there. Or they're realizing now, well, it wasn't an urgent problem for me to invest in this before, but now it is an urgent problem, right? Again, if you start trying to think, well, who wants it? Who doesn't? Who's looking for it? Who's not? You're going to drive yourself batty. You're going to drive yourself crazy, right? Instead, your job is what problems do I solve? What urgent problems are the people that I work with, my skills, my services, what I do, the people that I do it for? What urgent problems are they having that I can help solve? Solve, and I just need to put the information out there. I do not need to make up the decision for them or a truth for them. I, my job is to show up and make offers, right? So look at your offers now. Take stock of what your potential clients are experiencing. Are your current or future offerings that are coming up the best solutions to these problems? Does anything need to be adjusted to provide them with the support that they need? So again, Esther embracing teletherapy when her office was traditionally in-person therapy. Modsi, the design service, right, shifting their marketing message about what their focus is for what they do. Me shifting my program to help people really plan their business to navigate uncertainty. I have to factor that in now. So that's what you need to do. You need to sit down. You need to evaluate these things from that place. And then you're going to know what offers you're going to put out there, but you're not going to slash your prices because <laughs> you're going to have this trust, right, that what you're doing is setting the tone for the economy as a whole. You're going to trust in abundance that the right people are looking for you because you have the right messaging and you know all the other mindset stuff that goes with it. So everyone is handling the situation differently. And that's really it. I mean, those are my points around most of the questions that I'm getting asked. But what I do want to say is everyone is handling the situation differently. Just people handle stress differently across the board. My decisions, the things that I've just shared about what I've been doing in my business, what I've been telling my clients, what I believe is true, these decisions are based on my values and my obligation to my business as its CEO. What that means to me is that I make decisions from a place of what's in the best interest of my business and not from a place of fear. I also don't make them from a place of what's good for Rita as a person. I separate myself from my business and I look at decisions separately. Is this the best decision for my business? It may be a great decision for Rita. Is it a great decision for my business, right? So that's how I make my decisions based on my personal values, my obligation to my business as its CEO. And this is made easier. I'm able to really make decisions from this place, separate myself out. Well, for example, okay, a lot of people say, how do you do that? How do you make decisions that are in the best interest of your business instead of decisions from a fear-based place? So let's look at money. Let's let's look at money for a minute. Rita could have all different things going on in her life around money and feeling an impact or feeling a hit in our groceries or a budget or a bill personally, right? But if I make business decisions about my business from a place of Rita's personal income, I'm not making decisions like a CEO, right? Like imagine if, I don't know, Walmart, right? To start, you know, the CEO of Walmart was like, oh man, my personal income is blah, blah, blah. And so here's what I need Walmart to do so that I can replace my roof, right? Or something like that. Like that's not the way business decisions are made. Business decisions are made from the data and from the goals and the vision and everything that's going on in the business, 
to know what's in the best interest from the business, not from what's going on in the personal life of this CEO, right? So, but as a solopreneur, it's very easy to wrap ourselves up in our business and make decisions from a personal financial place and from a personal uh, feelings place and a personal place instead of what's in the best interest of our business. So what makes it easier to make decisions that are in the best interest of your business is to have solid plans and CEO tools in place that define your business vision, that define the business goals, that clearly list out business non-negotiables. So for me and for my clients, right, like know your profit margin. I know my profit margin. I know my metrics. I know exactly how my time is spent. I know how the time of my team is spent down to the minute. I have created a model that allows me to stay innovative. I know what that means to create an innovative business model. I know my my, my plans, my strategies for navigating uncertain times. I have tools to allow me to sit down with the questions that I've shared with you and do that. I work on my mindset as if it was my full-time job, right? These are the things that you should be doing at all times. You should know your profit margin. You should know your numbers. You should know your metrics. You need to know how your time is spent down to the minute. You need to know how the time of your team is spent down to the minute. You need to know if it's being efficient, if it's getting you, you know, you need to have the progress and the measurement to know all of the answers to these things. You need to have the data. You need to know what it means to create a model to allow you to stay innovative. You need to have that contingency plan. You need to have the way to navigate uncertain times. You need to be working on your mindset as if it's your full-time job. This is what I work on with private clients. This is the whole purpose of my mastermind group, the six-figure CEO mastermind, which is in its second month right now. It's completely about this, right? Right now, they are focused on their time and productivity and team and a whole bunch of the stuff, right? Like related to that area. Um, we're starting to work on profit margins. We're starting to come up with contingency plans. We're starting, like, there's a lot that we're focused on from the CEO point of view, knowing how from the CEO seat to do these things, to get a handle on your finances, to know about your time and your team and your offerings and your strategies from the point of view of a CEO, not from the point of view of a, of a service provider, not from your individual point of view, is going to be the most crucial thing that you can do for the sustainability of your business. Right now, there is going to be a real urge to make big, altering business, you know, business altering decisions. I am not trying to make light of what's happening with this analogy, but in episode one, Esther Boykin did talk about people navigating change, right? She's like, yeah, maybe you want to get your hair cut, right? Maybe you go and you get your hair cut and you dye it a different color because you just need, you need to, to react immediately to the emotions that you're having and you need a change and you need something different, right? But like, what you should not do is make a life-altering decision when you're still in the emotion. Like, don't decide to up and move to California, you know, right when you're still in the middle of the emotion, right? Like, you have to get through the emotions to be able to make logical decisions. And it's the same thing for your business. Right now, you're in the emotions. You're feeling fear. You're feeling unsure. And there is no right way to feel other than how you're feeling, right? You you should feel what you feel. You shouldn't deny it. You shouldn't push past it. You shouldn't wallow in it, right? But there's no right way to feel. The only right way to feel is how you feel. <laughs> but making decisions from a feelings-based place while you're still working through the feelings is never good for your business. That's how you know you're making a decision from a personal place or a fear-based place or an emotions-based place instead of the decisions that are in the best interest of your business. So you are going to be very tempted to make business-altering decisions right now. Now, here's the way that this comes into practice in something like this. You need to think short-term right now 
And you may need to make pivots. I need you to stop and look short term, right? A month out, two months out, three months out, right? Like the next quarter. If you need to generate income today, immediately, right? You're going to have to make some short-term pivots potentially, whether that's to your messaging or to your offering or when you actually can't do the skill right now based on the environment, you need to pivot to a different skill. But what I don't want you to do is start saying that your entire business is changing forever and ever and starting to talk about the long-term, right? Because you're like, oh, okay, well, now I know and I need to just always do this other thing forever and ever. That's where you want to sit. You want to plan. You want to look at the data. You want to be very strategic. You want to come at that as a CEO. So if you're struggling with this, if you're struggling with, well, I do need to make income now. I'm not able to do the thing (laughs) that I usually do, or I'm not sure about my marketing message, or is this the right offer? Is this the right message to be putting out? If you're not clear if you're struggling with how to do that or what decisions to make right now, or you're like, no, I know it. I have to commit my business as a CEO right now. I am ready for that more than ever before. Or you might not even know what you need, but you know you need something. Then just schedule a call with me. I'm putting a link in the show notes to schedule the call with me. I've opened up more spaces um, because I'm at home a lot more (laughs) right now um, through March and April. I want to talk to you. I want to hear where you're feeling challenged. I want you to know about resources that I have, whether they're free resources in my community or it's working together. I want you to know what's available for you to work through them. I want to help you get clear on what the area is that's gonna help you navigate that the most, where you need to be putting your focus. Now, guys, now is a time that makes or breaks a company. Your ability to be resilient and to navigate what's happening right now will set the standard for how your business can innovate and adapt in the future. Because the two key requirements for sustainable success is innovation and adaptation. But this is not a naturally inherent skill in us to come at innovation and adaptation, sometimes period, but definitely from a CEO point of view. It's not an inherent skill to know how to be a CEO. You started a business because you're good at what you do, right? You're good as a CEO. I mean, sorry, you're good as a yoga teacher. You're good as a photographer. You are excellent as a baker. You are uh, wonderful as a social media manager. You are great as a coach. You are wonderful at the things you do right? It's okay to go, I have no idea what it means to be the CEO and make any of these decisions right now. But you need to learn if you want to continue to have your own business. So that's why I'm offering calls, right? If you're struggling with this, if this isn't inherent in you, if you're confused, if you're not sure what to do, right, then go ahead and schedule a call. Um, Let's see if there are resources in my community, the All-In Entrepreneur that can help you. Uh, Let's see if coaching will help you. And guys, the week of March 30th, if you don't know this, the week of March 30th, I am running a free week-long virtual event in my free Facebook community, The All-In Entrepreneur. If you're not a part of that community, please find it on Facebook, The All-In Entrepreneur. The link will be in the show notes. Join the week of March 30th. I mean, one, this is going to be important, and two, we all need to have a little fun. So I am having a week-long virtual networking event in The All-In Entrepreneur the week of March 30th. Every single day, I'm going to be guiding you through something to allow you to connect and create meaningful relationships online so that you know how to drive your business forward, how to do it in a way that is authentic, really connects with people, and just is fun. 
And I'm going to be giving away prizes every single day, maybe multiple prizes every single day, because I think we all just need to have a little bit of fun with everything that's going on right now. So go ahead and join the All In Entrepreneur. That is a way that I'm going to hopefully be helping people, whether you've always had an online business or this is something new to you, using online tools to build your business. I want to make it fun. I want to make it helpful. And I want you to be able to really understand that there are options out there that will allow you to diversify your business. So um And the last thing I'll just say to leave you guys on is I want to keep bringing you information that you need to navigate this time. And I know that there are different challenges and different struggles for people. So I would really love for you to email me. Email me at feedback at readamamedoit.com. Now, I'm going to be putting into play at some point a different, like an extra bonus episode every week um, that's really going to allow you guys to be talking and sharing and getting coaching and all of this stuff. So there's some things that I'm going to do through my podcast to help you too for free. But for me to be able to do it, I need to know how is the current situation or these current situations, how are they impacting your business? How are they impacting your clients? How are they impacting your community? And what questions do you have in regards to your business? What support do you need? What are you looking for to navigate this time? Whatever you want to share about this right now, I really, I am dying to hear from you all. Please email me at feedback at readamamedoit.com so that I can bring you everything that you need to navigate um, as much as I absolutely am able to. You are my community. I am here for you. I am also a part of my own community. The more I can connect with you, the more connected I also feel. And I'm just like you craving connection. So please email me. And guys, I am looking forward to talking to you on next week's episode of the Read and Me Do It show. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Read and Mimi Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamamedoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.